I am the guardian of forever. Are you machine or being? I am both, and neither. Well, it's not exactly a life sign, but... Where? Right here. Hmm. You are facing fate with composure. Fear is the true enemy. The only enemy. Only fools have no fear. <laughs> yeah. You say we don't know. We say we don't know. We say... Drag this out! Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Star Trek Review Podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, and joining me on the bridge are my co-hosts, uh, Lindsay, John, Suki, and Andrea. Uh, and on this episode of the podcast, we will be reviewing the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery, Terra Firma Part 2, and having some random shenanigans along the way. Anyway, it's time to execute the spore drive and jump into this. Before we move on, um, there has been a little bit of news, a little bit of gossip. Um, well, I hope it's not gossip. Lindsay, I'll come to you because you, you got excited about it when I shared it. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, we have a date for uh, Star Trek Lower Decks in the rest of the world. Woohoo! <laughs> um, or at least in the UK. Uh, so it looks like we should expect Star Trek Lower Decks on Prime uh, in early next year, which I think is exciting. Uh, so once we can actually watch it we can maybe even have like a little talk talk about it which would be exciting it saved me a fortune going to America if uh, I don't know on that like Um, 26th of January that's the one I'm prime lovely Um, well I think that's it for the news isn't it I was just going to say that Georgia uh, the actress Michelle Yeoh she's been on with Will Wheaton and she's discussed that uh, her next future project is more likely going to be the new section 31 show so oh, that's sort cool. of been. But Suki, uh, it's been cancelled. Uh, it's all been cancelled, Suki. Okay. Every week something's been cancelled. Every cancelled. week something gets re uh, put back up. The other bit <laughs> that I've just read. Oh, you're reading now, are you? Didn't you yes, research? I'm, so I'm doing live news, researching, googling. I like it. Is that John Delancey might be back as well <gasps> as yet? He, he has been sounded out on appearing on something, whether it's Picard or Lower Decks. Is ah uh, right, case. okay. Well, yes, strangely, worlds. worlds. Mm. It'd be awesome to see him. It'd be awesome to see him anyway, wouldn't it? Um, Brilliant. Okay. Uh, Well, let's crack on with this. Everyone can see how weak you become. It doesn't have to be this way. No, mother! We must leave behind all of that which destroys us. They will kill you. We have an empire to rule. I've seen who you can be, my friend. I've seen what this world can be. And it is luminous. Before we move into an in-depth review uh, of this episode of Terrafilm Part 2, um, I want to get a vibe vibe for the show. Um, John, I'm going to come to you first. What's your sort of first thoughts? Are you positive? And what, are you, what are you feeling? Um, I think the... the the episode, I mean, in 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 the context of the a whole two-parter, hmm. I think it was a very good second part, and I think they did a, a, a lovely job on the mirror thing. Hmm. Um, I think the Guardian of Forever, that reveal and the way that was worked was really good. I enjoyed that part yeah. immensely. 
some parts of it didn't work well for me uh, but we'll come to that as I'm, I'm sure we will so yeah I'm slightly positive slightly positive well that's better than being negative isn't it so that's nice Lindsay uh, yeah I am moderately positive as well I think moderate uh, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. It did not suffer from some of the worst excesses of two-parters. Um, but again, there are some issues that I would... I'm just going to flag when they come up appropriately. I'm going to I'm gonna put the put you both down as tepidly positive. That's uh, two TPs. Uh, Slicky, I'm going to come to you, my friend, next. I, I enjoyed the Mirror Universe side of it. And I think the, the other bit afterwards was okay. That's about all you... So, tepid, tepid pit, another TP? Yeah. Another tepid positive? Yeah, it's a tepid, tepid positive. Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up the tepid positive and go positive. I, I really enjoyed it, and um, I, I kind of watched it as a... Well, I watched both parts. Oh, sorry, well, I watched the second one first, but then I watched it as both parts. On Netflix, it just flicks onto the next, so it was kind of like watching it as a whole film. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And I'll be honest with you, it's the first time I can remember um, crying at Star Trek Discovery at the end. So there you go. I was a fan. And the reason why I left Andrea um, last is because, obviously, it didn't occur, did it, Andrea? No. Uh, on the one hand, I'm bereft and devastated and full of scorn and hatred and bitterness. Um, but putting aside my own like wants and needs um it was a pretty decent episode of star trek um yeah. it wasn't perfect but i think there, there was enough to like in there um putting aside my the obvious rant that is going to come at some point during the episode all right well there we go um so that's that's four tps in the p um lovely um before we do get in deep let's have a bit of fun it's time for discover me discover you aha discover me discover you Discover me, discover you. This is where we get to know, or you get to know your hosts more intimately. Um, and I'm not asking the questions again this week. Ha ha! Uh, Lindsay's taking it on. So, Lindsay, please ask us some questions. Okay, I have questions. Mm. Uh, so, it's okay, you can go first. So these are all sort of Star Trek-themed questions. What um, the hell? I know. <laughs> you will all be asked... You do know I'm not a Star Trek fan. Yeah, it's fine. You'll be able to answer this. It's not like a quiz question. It's just oh, like right, vaguely Star okay. Trek-related. Right. Um, so uh, all of you will be asked to choose which character from any iteration of Star Trek you would choose uh, to accompany you in this particular scenario. So you'll all get different uh, scenarios. So stick your scenario first. Um, so you need to complete like a long, like a really, really long experiment. It is like mind-numbingly boring, like repetitive stuff, but you have to do it in a shuttle floating in the middle of space. You're going to be there for like ever. And for science reasons, you can't be in contact with like the rest of the world. It's just you and this person in a shuttle in space forever. Who do you oh, want to go oh. with? So either I go with somebody that's very, very interesting so I keep the conversation going mm. or I go and find somebody who can do the experiments and leave me to go to sleep and ignore them and who doesn't <laughs> mind being ignored 
Right, so that's a difficult question. Who's very, very scientific? Spock, Spock. I could leave Spock to do the experiment and he'll do it. And yeah. I can just go to sleep. Right, because brilliant. that's what I feel like okay, I'm going to end up doing because okay. I'm lazy. Like. So we've discovered uh, yeah. Sucky's so lazy there. Yeah, Spock. <laughs> brilliant. I'll have Leonard Nimoy version of Spock as well. All right, there you go. I, I like specificity. Specificity is good. Okay. Uh, Bob. Mm. So there is a crazy alien macrovirus taking over your ship. Pretty uh-huh. much all the crew have been incapacitated yeah. and they're gross because there's like phlegm and stuff and it's disgusting. Awesome. Uh, the ship is headed for a collision with a binary star and everyone will die unless you can cure the crew and obviously stop the ship from going through the binary pulsar. Yeah. Wow. Who do you want on your team of two to solve this situation? Uh, quack. <laughs> Okay. Because we'll just get smashed and fuck off in an escape pod and let them all die. <laughs> um, and we have a right laugh about it. Then we go and rob people or whatever they do, Ferengi. Um, yeah, and make loads of money in that smashed. Um, so, quack. <laughs> I think you just, you, you just like, explained to us why you will never be an officer in Starfleet. Absolutely. Speaking of not being an officer in Starfleet, John. Whoa, mm. that's a big allegation. No, 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 just because that's the scenario doesn't already there, John. Sorry, mm. that did not come out the way I intended it to. Um, so in your scenario, you are you've just taken over the lease um of a um storefront on Deep Space Nine. You are sort of opposite and to the right hand side of Quark's establishment. You need to figure out what you're going to do with your space, how you're going to make some gold press lanum or whatever it is that everybody else trades in. Um, and you need to have a Starfleet character with you by your side to deliver this goal. What is it going to be? Who is it going to be? That's a tricky question. So you're asking me what, what shop would I run? So a shop and or restaurant and or like service provider and who with? Oh, service provider. Right, so... Well, I think in... With the with Quarks being opposite, more or less, there's going to be a lot of times when he kicks out, and so they want something a little bit more. So I think it's possibly the best financial idea would be to open a kebab shop. Yeah, <laughs> space kebabs as well. Space, space kebabs. kebabs. Yeah. Special space kebabs. Kelpian. Kelpian. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love how my head went jumja and your head went kelpian. <laughs> well, they, they keep going on about it in the episodes. I just want to see what they taste like. <laughs> says the vegan on the vegan. Says the vegan on podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and who do I? What, what's the what's the additional part of it? Who do I need to run it with? Yeah. yeah who do you want to run it with? Uh, Nom. I'm gonna get. Uh, he's gonna. He's gonna like battle his brother. So it'd be me and Rom. Did I say it? What did I say? Nom. Nom. <laughs> Who the fuck's that? Is I thought you said Nom. Nom should be Nom. <laughs> You're probably thinking Nom 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 Nom. Thinking back kebabs. Now we're gonna call it Nom Nom. So so basically, I'm a bit of a twat. Sucky's lazy, and John wants to cause a fight between brothers. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Which is possibly a, a good reason why, uh, Andrea, your situation is a bit more diplomatically inclined. Uh, so you're on, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're on a diplomatic mission to try and patch up relations with a species that the Federation would really like to become members, but there's been like a bit of a bit of unrest, a bit of uh, distrust. So you've been invited by them to complete 
the test that they administer to all of the people in their species uh, before they become officially kind of adult. You have no idea what this comprises of. It could be like balancing household accounts or it could be fighting an enemy to the death or keeping a flower baby alive for 24 hours. We don't know. Who do you want to take with you? Look, because it doesn't matter what the test is, he's going to fucking (laughs) cheat. We're going to pass this test. If he doesn't like the test, he will alter the test to fit his own criteria. So I would take Kirk and the interest of being able to cheat. Brilliant. That's, that's class. hysterical. That's not where my head went at all. I Good didn't call. expect that. That's great. But yeah, it's on Andrea. So Andrea is a cheat. John likes people to instigate fights. Suck his lazy name of twat. Brilliant. I think- you can't. These are independent questions, Bob. You're trying to label us all as certain things based on our question answers. The point I think is, that's the point is, we discover me, discover you. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lindsay. I don't think that's your summary of what people are based on the answers. Isn't really. That's just your opinion, isn't it? Yeah. I think what I we think... have done is discover a little bit more about the characters that we yeah. enjoy and who we'd like to spend time with and who we would trust in specific circumstances. I like so I like a friend because we've got big ears. We all know what that means. Uh, Lindsay, thank you very much um, for them questions. They were awesome. Actually, it was really good. And Star Trek related for the first time ever. Um, so that was groundbreaking as well. Right, let's get on with this review. You're listening to the Star Trek Review Podcast. Check this out. And we are reviewing the most recent episode of Star Trek Discovery, uh, Terra Firma Part 2. Now, we've got a, a tepid positive vibe going on, apart from I'm quite... But very fairly positive. Um, so let's get in deep. I'm going to come to you first, Andrea. Should we just get it out of the way? Yes, let's get it out of the way. Right. Well, obviously, I'm I'm quite disappointed that a, a certain character has been teased mercilessly um, in the first part and in this part, um, and we didn't get to see any of his parts. Um, which is not what you want. Um, However, I did know it was highly unlikely. um, And based on the the sort of far end of a fart level of research I did, I pretty much knew that was going to happen. I think the little gift, the little Easter egg that I'm going to take away from the non-appearance is the codename The Vicar. um, Because Hot Priest Jason Isaacs is actually a thing. Um, It's my thing. Um, It's a thing in my head anyway. Um, It's a very special thing. Um, So on a personal note, despite the fact that it clearly isn't, um, as far as I'm concerned, that was solely for my benefit. Um, And if anyone would like to produce some fan fiction, um, I would be an avid reader. Um, If I can get my typewriter back out, I might even do it (laughs) myself. I was going to say, I know someone that can. That will be you, Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have ideas. I have thoughts in this this, this area. Uh, But if we sort of... If we do see Prime or indeed Mirror Locker on the screen, I would quite like him to be wearing a dog collar. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to... What, being led out by a, a Mistress Giorgio? <laughs> or oh, oh, no, oh, Mistress Vin? <laughs> um, but so hope springs eternal that he is still about. Um, but something that um, Deb, actually, um, or our regular listeners, has, has kind of triggered this sort of thought pattern. Um, but actually, if you think about that Latin root... If you think about the idea of living vicariously, um, it is to sort of live through someone else. So yeah. is that prime locker running around? Um, that's that's a, a yeah. sort of question there, um, which I, I think I would like to think is, is going to be answered at some point. We'll find out. Suki's either in stroke or got his hand up. Now, <laughs> 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 um, what I'm just thinking was that maybe they had tried to sound out Jason Isaacs for the episode and they wrote the part of Duggan 
mm. instead when he uh, decided he, he couldn't do it it was you know double book somewhere else and so they, they wrote this part so it, it might have been the case that Lorca was uh, going to appear in that shuttlecraft yeah. and then be disposed of in the uh, the episode and then they had to change it to another character called Doug because that, that character just came out of nowhere it's just one of these lieutenants and it more likely would have been uh, Jason Isaacs in that episode well it wasn't Sucky unfortunately oh, no, it but yeah, yeah but no, I do no, feel sorry a... for Andrea and for all Basement, team basement, team basement yeah yes. uh, Lindsay have you got a piece to say uh, no, I, well, I was just going to say uh, before Suki got there that, yeah, Duggan felt very much kind of like a bit of a throwaway. Yeah. Um, like, there were all sorts of interesting things you could say. Like, as I wonder, like, they could maybe backfill that later, either, like, in canon or, like, in the novel verse, about what, like, why pick Ryza? Why have him on Ryza? Like, is he trying to, like cover up for the fact that Lorca has in fact actually vanished. It's like, a little fan it's a fan nod, isn't it? A little bit of fan wank. Sorry, what's Riser? Riser is the planet of pleasure. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. Where, they, where they all go and have their R and R in uh... Where if you carry around a particular statue, it lets people know that you are interested in like, you know, having some carnal pleasure. Yeah. I don't think I'll see the statue. I think it's blindingly <laughs> obvious uh, where I stand on this issue. <laughs> um John <laughs> John, you've been relatively quiet, sir. Well, you've been doing everybody else. So, uh, what do you what do you want to know? What? That's nothing. Well, nothing. Stuff. Anyway, you've been listening to check this out. Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking, John? Give us some depth. Uh, Burnham in mm. this one um, in the Mirror Universe. I thought it was interesting that she uh, is as much a lost case uh, in the sort of inverse of the Prime <clears throat> Burnham. As she, because she's irredeemably evil and treacherous in this one, just as much as she's irredeemably messianic and heroic in the prime. Mm. So I thought I was on point in terms of character development. Yeah, <clears throat> not so sure that the opening credits being just negatived really worked particularly. Did, but didn't they do that through season one when they went to the mirror universe? They changed the credits, didn't they? To that, no, I, don't think, uh, I don't think they did. I, wrong? I think no. it's, it's what it's what. Oh no, that was that often. was sorry. That, that was Enterprise. Enterprise did that when they went to the Mirror Universe to change it to all this dark. Yeah, sorry, got confused there. Yeah, but it's just like it's uh, it's it's not much of an attempt. To be fair, it was no. very basic. They didn't try and do anything new with it. Um, and I, I quite there's a bunch of scenes I quite liked at the Mirror Universe side, but it was kind of like a, a very basic plot. Yeah, it was just it was just. Uh, an engine uh, to allow um, Giorgio to demonstrate that she'd moved on a little bit and she was a little bit affected by the Prime Universe and she was she was suddenly thinking of other people rather than just herself and what mm. she could get out of stuff. Yeah. And and it was interesting that in the end that was doomed because it's the Mirror Universe that, that really can't happen. Mm. But I thought it's very interesting at the end where Giorgio was sent back uh, and she sent back to a place that uh, where the prime before the prime and the mirror universe is converged, uh, or wherever the other opposite of converged is. Yeah, separated. Yeah. She she, she has to <clears> go back. So when was that? When, my question. Back. I know. I know. I know why they sent her there. No, I just need no. to know what what time is that in? No, is what, that twentieth century? Is that? Yeah. No, no. Andrew, how's that going to line up with Section 31? Andrew, have you got any intel on this? 
Well, well I was going to say, I think it'll be quite interesting to see if this kind of sending her back is sort of a one-off plot device. But but just to kind of pick up on that, um, if you think the Murray universe is seen quite a lot in sort of Deep Space Nine, so obviously at that period of time, it was it seems relatively easy to hop between the two. Um, it feels like every 10 episodes or so, they, they kind of just skip across and everything's fine. Um, so potentially, they, she could be anywhere in that kind of known timeline, I think, because they could send her back to kind of the point where Discovery was was sort of has come from. Mm. Um, and I think you've got right through into that sort of TNG DS9 era. Um, I'm guessing, depending on the support and cast that they want involved, it's probably going to go back to the time that we've come from. Um, but I, I think that there's a little bit of scope there for that to be kind of anywhere. I mean... Arguably... It, oh, no, no, go sorry. on, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, arguably, we know that we're getting Strange New Worlds, which also sits in that kind of timeline. So if they're trying to spread the series out, there hmm. might be an argument for having it being sort of post-Voyage or before Picard or yeah. somewhere in there, um, which would give them a bit more kind of coverage. Well, that that goes against kind of what the what Carl said, that she was going back to a place before, the, uh, before they diverged. Yeah. Well, so, we don't know when they diverged. Exactly. But we do, know, we do know from the credits from Enterprise and stuff that it was stuff like the 20th century was where it diverged. Well, we've got World War II going to the Nazis, that kind of thing. Hmm. So that that's problematic in in terms of like, unless they this just meant where they was closer. Yeah. Yeah, especially I don't but think I mean, he meant the version that became separate. I think he meant when he, like he pretty much said as much. He pretty much said before they diverged. But it's okay. Hello. The the thing is, Giorgio is suffering from the fact that she's out of time and out of dimension. She's got to go back to at least one of them uh, where one of them points does not apply to her. So she's going back in time. She has to go back to the time where she uh, is level with whatever is happening in the mirror universe. So therefore, it's only been affected from her uh, the, to- uh, the timeline factor, not the dimension factor line. So I think she's gone back to a time where it's contemporary to whenever Discovery left. Yeah. And also the fact that Shazid Latif was rumoured to be in the new Section 31 anyway. Right, so that's his time period as well. Right, so I think there will be like three different shows or two different shows set in the same time period, which will be Strange New Worlds mm. and Section 31 spin off show. Fair enough. Andrea? I was just going to say, I'm feeling like slightly like Smorgan and sort of clever because I, I, I did get it right that it was the Guardian forever. Um, but I sort of touched on it there. Is this a one off plot device, um, a bit of old school fan service, and a handy way to kind of kickstart this Section 131 series? Because in a way, this whole Giorgio thing has felt a bit like a side story. Um, but does this feed into the main arc? Um, and what I'm thinking is, is this a route home for that crew at some point? Um, because if you look at what happens in Calypso, the ship's still there, the ship can't go back. But there's no crew on it. So what happened to everybody? Is this kind of, if you can send her back to that point in time, can other people go back to that point in time? I think um, is anybody any, anybody else going to go back in time? Um, it'd be interesting to see if that's just a kind of one-off, yeah, it, it's pretty much a plot device, or if it's going to feed into that wider sort of plot and, and come back up as a theme. I think unless it's like a wormhole back and forth kind of thing, I think it'd be a terrible shame because the the fact they've gone so far in the future, they can kind of go where they want, if you see what I mean. Um, Suki? What I'm thinking is there, the Guardian has been in hiding, 
right because of the temple wars it has been an idea for ages and then all of a sudden because of the sphere data being in that time and everything being correlated they managed to find him or the, the, the portal like yeah he's he's now going to realize he can be discovered so he's going to go back e- even further into it so they might not actually go back and use that guardian portal thing again i, I don't think i think that's a one shot yeah, yeah that's what i'm thinking just yeah. a one shot i did and that's it because I, I remember because it's one of the ones one of the um original series ones i really liked is it the city at the edge of forever or something yeah. like yeah that's it into um because it's uh, i quite like it when they go back in time um and i love the fact they put the like sort of merged his voice with the voice kind of from the original and made it like that i thought that was awesome um because i just because i remember it so vividly um the, the original series one because spock looks like he's he's he's, he's in alveda's own pet um he looks like you know he's like one at work is in there because he's got that beanie on and all that um he looks like he could probably do that um, but yeah, just yeah, I love that, um, Lindsay. I think that if we see him again, it's going to be in relation to what I don't at this stage think is going to be the primary component of the solution of this series. But who knows? Because it's discovery. Because um, we've had quite a few mentions of the time war um, and the time accords. Temporal war. Sorry, apologies. Temporal yeah. war um, <laughs> and the time accords um, or the temporal accords. Um, and I think. Like that feels like a bigger piece. Like I feel like that's something that could they could hang a whole another season on. The Temporal but War. It, it is in the past, though. That's the point. Yeah, but it's a Temporal War. How can a Temporal War ever be in the past? Because there's a Temporal Accord in place now. And it just means that people from that time don't be doing stuff. Yeah, like, you can't stop people they're, from other times doing stuff. You can't. You can't. You can't say it's anything to do with the Temporal War. You can say there's going to be time shenanigans, which there might well be, but. When you think about it, the temporal war was a thing that is fixed in time. There was a period of time over which it was fought, and it ended. So if they're going to do anything else, it'll be something new with time. Andrea? I was just going to say, are they going to find out what caused the burn and do some kind of hard reset time travel shenanigans um, cause to kind of make the Federation back into what we we want the Federation to be and, and how it's supposed to look. Because um, mm. I, I think, in a sense, I think that'd be a bit of a wasted opportunity um, f- for it to look different. Um, but at the same time, I can kind of see that coming because that's yeah. quite a neat conclusion, isn't it? Um, but especially I mean, if Discovery's kind of in some way responsible for it, it's like, well, we need to put this right because we've, we've caused this. I mean, I don't... I, also... Sorry, the call, Lindsay. No, no, it's fine. It's just that, that would also explain the fact that we know that Calypso isn't the modified discovery, which you know isn't Calypso hasn't had the crazy thirty whatever second yeah, century yeah, yeah. Uh, adaptations. So if they go back in time, that could be how they end up with an original discovery floating around in the nebula. I, I mean, they've got they've got so much potential to go forward with whatever they do because they are in a time. Whatever, and, it, and you know, I do like the fact that hopefully the, the federation is united in, in, against one enemy or two enemies or whatever. Um, sorry, John, go on. I think that the the whole point of them being in that far future and there being the issue where the federation is so reduced. Yeah, that's where the story is going to lie over the next yeah. seasons of Discovery, in resolving that and battling the Emerald Chain and whatever else they find out there. But in reuniting the federation, that's where the story lies. Which is cool. Maybe short term they'll do some stuff about the burn. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll learn some stuff. But I think going forward, they're still going to be 
there's going to be something else coming next season. I don't think it's going backwards. It'd be rather, I'd prefer it going forwards. Definitely. I mean, I, I have to, I, to be honest with you, I have no theories about the burn. You know, I've don't, and and I'm not so spoilers. I I, I don't really look at any um, sort of trailers and things like that because I don't want anything spoiled for me. But I, I don't really know. You know, with the burn, is it the Emerald Chain? Is it like you said, Discovery coming through? Is it something to do with the Federation? What you know, was it an accident? Was it someone on purpose? I don't know, Lindsay. If we're going to talk about like predictions and where we think things are going to go, I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which was Giorgio's uh, Saru's not the only one who is d- destined for the captain's chair moment. Yeah. Um, I I am now going to con- relatively confidently predict that something is going to happen with these Kelpians that they come across. And either Saru is going to lose the plot or decide he needs to go and save Kaminar or something. Yeah. And we're going to end well, up with Burnham in command by the end of the season. Well, we lost that that um, ah, I've forgotten her name when she went on that seed ship. So yeah, oh. we are kind oh. of dripping people. Is it Nan or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, it's not as if like it's not been already shown that they're happy to let people drop off and do their own side quests. It's the only thing I think with the Nan situation, looking behind the scenes, it's a case of. They promoted her up at the end of the season, last season two. Right, so you're going to be a regular, but then they had different showrunners for this season as well. Right, so things changed behind the scenes, so they, they thought they just didn't need the character. So she might have gone because of behind the scenes shenanigans. Um, talking of Saru, um, one thing I was disappointed with is uh, what I did love was the the way that um, Giorgio told Mira Saru, you know, about the uh, Vastrava, whatever it is. Um, and the fact that they, 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 a couple of Kelpians jumped in and kicked ass, but they didn't fucking hoof anyone. They shot them. No hoofing. Hoof them. There, was, there were no hoofs in the chest, but no. I am absolutely taking this as a win because I absolutely spoke about Maharai being important and there being like a little Kelpian uprising. Um, and I am going to claim that as a successful prediction. Well, it's recorded on last week's episode. If you want to go back and listen, the proof is there. or the proof is in the pudding, apparently. I dare say, Saru and somebody else running into the room with the guns isn't, isn't an evidence of a Kelpian uprising. Yeah, but hey, no, I'm going to back you up there, John. It's the, begin- well, I, the like, beginning of one. No. Um, it's but, but, so, Annie, it's I'm, a localised uprising. The thing yeah, is, the uprising is against the, pe- the people that's actually doing the the uh, the whole regime, and they're not, they're helping the regime. Well, no, but no, because the regime has changed. So therefore, they're helping. There's no, re- there was no regime change. There was only one small little uprising. No, there was no heads of regime change. There was like the 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 heads of direction in which the regime was going. Heads of direction in which the regime was going. Heads of dire
I convinced Anson Mount to do the distracted boyfriend meme with a life-size cardboard cutout of Jason Isaacs. Curtis Matthews from Catatonia was slightly inebriated and once told me I looked like Shirley Manson from Garbage. I'm going to say... Well, I know... I I think that meme one's true. Aston Mount meme one. I think that is true. Aston Mount. I think that... Aston Mount. Aston Mount. Number two is definitely true. I think that's true. Um, yeah. I've, met, I've met the Chuckle Brothers uh, when I was a little kid when they were playing Chuckle Dogs at the, in Darlington at the pan, in the pantomime. Um, and, and it was, in fact, at Darlington Civic, Civic Theatre. Civic Theatre, yeah. That's the, with, the, with the Chuckle Dogs as well as them. With the play Chuckle know, Dogs. There was an old man with them who was, like, not a Chuckle Brother, but some kind of dog's body. Right, okay. Were you actively in the panto or were you working in the theatre? Or... It, like, it was backstage. It was just lucky work. Backstage, lucky work at Dallas if you theatre with Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. What's your thoughts, John? The third one. What was that one? Kerry Matthews. 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 I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's it. Because she's furnished enough truth, uh, enough stuff for the first one to suggest that perhaps there's a grain of truth, but also I think there's a switcheroonie in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking? <laughs> I, Sorry, what are you thinking, Sucky? I'm thinking Kerry Matthews. I don't know why. Mm. I think she's giving too much details well, away on the Chuckle Brothers link. I think it's the Chuckle Brothers one that's uh, alive because it's uh, a Citroeni. Yeah, I think it's Chuckle Brothers. But to be fair to you, Sucky, last week, we all said whatever and you were right. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. don't put the pressure on me now. Yeah. Fair enough. Lin- we'll Lindsay, what, I, I'm going to vote Chuckle, Dogs, uh, Chuckle Brothers. Um, what are you going for, Lindsay? What, what do you think? I am also going to go for the Chuckle Brothers. Right, so Sucky, again, this is what we're going for. Uh, if we're wrong and you're right, well done again. Uh, Andrea, please put us out of our misery. Um, I did, in fact, recreate the uh, distracted boyfriend meme with Anson Mount. Curtis Matthews did say I look like Shirley Manson from Garbage, um, and it was my friend who was sacked from the pantomime for telling ah, me the truth. That was <laughs> good. She's dined out on that story ever since. Can you tell us this? Can you fit it? How can we? Why, why did this happen? Fuck off. Um, by all accounts, the Chuckle Brothers were quite um, quite diva-ish. Yeah, they are. Uh, what, and um, yeah. do you do you know who I am, people? Um, and my friend Kate is not the kind of person to tolerate that. No. Um, so I told one of them to fuck off for making unreasonable demands. Well, but yeah. Was sad. Don't surprise me. Because we saw one, because we went early to Darlington to do a bit of shopping with my mum and my auntie Margaret and all that. And we saw one of them in, the, uh, in, in his cafe having his... You know, dinner or whatever, and I just went over. You know, like little kid and that. He just, he just didn't give a shit. Didn't give a shit. So I'm not surprised. If I'd have known the word "fuck off," then I'd have said it. It's <laughs> probably a week after I learned. They the were word, like greedy celebrities when I was a child. Oh yeah, no, they were. They were massive. Like obviously, yeah. That's why it was like uh, you know in awe. Um, and they were massive. To be fair, Barry was like extra small. <laughs> True fact. True fact. To me, to you, and uh, were they actually brothers? Yes. Yes. There were, were real brothers. Because I, 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 I never knew that Jimmy Cranky was a little woman dwarf. Until, like. Not a little woman dwarf. She is. The little Cranky. She's just, she's not not, a dwarf. She, she ta- <laughs> what? Car, she's, she's a dwarf. She's a small woman. She's just a small woman. I bet she's under four foot now. She's the height for a midget. Midget then, because she's in proportion. I don't think uh, we should I, talk about this, Bob, because you're talking I've, bullshit about dwarves again. I'm going to have a look. Dwarf get, get all over again. Get it and, and, Andrea, how did you end up uh, having a having a natter uh, with a drunk with drunk Keris, Keris Matthews? 
Um, I just lurked about out the back after a gig. Um, <laughs> and she was quite pissed. And, and that was basically all she said to us. But I, I was very happy with that as a 14-year-old. Yeah. I, had, like, I had like, dyed bright red hair at the time. So I think it was just me hair. Mint. Mint. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Andrea. Uh, let's get back into this review. You're listening to uh, Trek This Out podcast, and we're reviewing the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery, Terra Firma Part 2. Um, uh, we, we, let's, let's get a bit deeper. Let's get deeper into the episode. We've been theorising, which I love. I love the theorising, but let's get a bit deeper. I'm going to come to you, Lindsay, first, if I may, please. So I think one of the challenges with this episode is that I think it suffers a little bit from something that happens in Star Trek quite a lot, which is that you're not entirely convinced that a two-parter needed to be a two-parter. Um, so I think they could have done some of the setup with a slightly bigger A plot in part one and not called it part one and then given us a slightly more concise second episode um, and I think that might have helped me with the pacing because there were several points where like I've, I've written down like Russian philosophical drama like there were just some bits where it felt very kind of like ponderous and like here I am speechifying over somebody who is apparently asleep next to me, but they're possibly not. Um, and <laughs> the goodbyes, which I suspect we might get to, just uh, they, they just felt a little slow. It's okay. Oh, well, the thing there is, I'm thinking as well, they maybe thought they'll do a Mirror Universe episode and then they were going to do like a talkie episode and they realised the talkie episode was going to be quite bland and there was not much was going to happen in there, and they just sort of split it into two. So they had half a talkie episode with the mirror universe, and then the second part, mirror universe, and then the talkie bit, and then they mashed it all together just to be able to get it in. But that's the only reason why I think it was a two-parter. It's just to get some exposition that they needed for these two episodes, but then sandwich that within a, a mirror universe episode. Yeah. Go on, Andrea. I was just going to say, I, think, I don't know what's A plot and what's B plot anymore, but like what was happening on Discovery like seemed quite lacklustre. Like I don't, I feel like I almost don't remember most of it. And um, like Buck turned up with his, his MacGuffin and plugged it in and, and fixed everything. Um, yeah. And other than a sort of a, that like brief little turn from sort of Jet Reno, who I, I do think kind of lights up the screen every time she's on there, strolls in, says something dry or snarky, and, and, and is criminally underused. But really, I, I'm kind of struggling to remember what else went on. Yeah. Oh, that's on the answer the is not really anything. It, it, it felt like padding to me. I, I didn't really feel there was a lot like of progression there in that other sort of part of the plot. So it, I can see what you mean about kind of a strange balance between the two because it very much felt like a, another mirror episode, really. Mm. And then you had that really long, drawn out sort of. It was like going for leaving drinks for that person you don't really like, but you feel obliged to turn up for. It's like, well, if I don't go, if no one goes, it'll look really shit. Yeah. And she wasn't I, even there, so why did they turn up? So I think for, for me, like I like I am absolutely pro-character progression. I am not against the fact that we've taken somebody who was successful in the Terran Empire and over the course of a number of months, because we have to remember there's been a month of not years now that she's been in. Um been in the prime universe yeah um that she has been changed by that experience and i like the fact that they um like i'm not against that any of that at all but the fact that they were all just standing around going wasn't she great 
Mm. Like, can we acknowledge the fact that she was also the emperor of like a fairly spectacularly traumatic and uh, yeah, it, yeah, great. I was like, can we? Yeah, just a little nod to that would have been nice. Is it not like holiday friends though? You know, when you meet people on holiday, oh no, like like Bob and Liz are going home tomorrow, and like it seems like the end of the world. Um, but is it not just because there's like eighty of them, and they're so far away from their own kind of time, and uh, that they're just kind of clinging on to each other, and it feels traumatic? Because um, okay. realistically, she didn't particularly like most of the people in that room, and most of them didn't really like her. So th- th- there must be that sense of kind of like, oh, we've lost another person, and we've only got this many people. Yeah, but I think there was a certain degree of like some of that was clearly a front. I think like you know she had a character that she was playing, which might explain why sometimes it felt a little bit kind of like cartoony. Um, and and she was playing that because she clearly had a significant respect for Saru because like when you put her back in the the mirror universe and she's faced with a different version of the same person, mm. like the way that she spoke about Saru about the fact that he went through Vahara and came out as a stronger man as a captain. Like was really touching. Like the, that wasn't just like do better. You could be more than this. Like a mirror, a mirror Georgiou or a pure mirror Georgiou would have been like, you could be more. How could you dare let us do this to you? Like you could, you could kill us all with your like little flinging dart things or with a hoof to the chest. <laughs> and that's that's not how she goes about it. I'm going to say this about uh, Michelle motherfucking Yao. Uh, is that she was awesome again this week. Very subtle acting. I really liked her again. She's been brilliant, <coughs> brilliant in both these parts. And obviously, she's been the main character as well. So, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to sort of give her a, another nod to that. I also think that, that Burnham uh, shows quite a bit of range uh, in her acting in the Mirror episodes. Mm. Uh, and I like yeah. to see uh, the absolute uh, nastiness <clears throat> of that, uh, yeah. of the, what, what she was doing and and she really, I think she really put everything into it, and it, it was quite effective. Yeah. And I think, and paralleling that with Giorgio's more subtle uh, rendition of a Terran person, uh, you could really see the difference between somebody that was pure Terran that had been there all the time, and somebody who found, as she says, um, there's another way to do this, you know. And I think, like for me, that's the joy of it. We had a ver- like as in, like mirror mirror versions of our characters are always evil they've always got longer hair they've got darker hair or shorter hair like you know i mean like they've always like they do the same things and they're evil like that's what mirror characters do yeah actually i love the fact that mirror tilly is evil in a different way like she doesn't play it um the way the the burnout and the sonika martin green does like there's a different version there i love like detmer was quite a lot of fun like we didn't see a lot of her but she was great but if we're going to talk about mirror versions can we talk about the fact that like Mirror Culber apparently had his vocal cords removed. Now I don't know whether that is because Wilson Cruz is lovely and they were entirely convinced by his delivery <laughs> of Mirror Lights. That's that's quite a nice theory though, Linz, to be fair. But, I did like his eyeliner. He, he well he looked phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's not beat around the bush. Um but yeah, it just seemed really odd. There were several points, both in the first episode and in this one, where you would have expected him to at least have had a passing line, mm. and there was literally nothing. Yeah. I was like, this feels really odd. Particularly because, like, you know, you'd expect him to get, like, you've got my husband killed kind of shtick going, but nope, nope, nothing, nothing, no well, words. Are, are, they, are they married in whatever in the Mirror Universe? I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure there was a reference to that. 
Alright, I don't know. Did, did one of the casual them. things that like Lorca and uh, Burnham were doing? Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to put me, like I said at the beginning, I did cry at the end. Now, I think that you guys were feeling a bit negative about it, or was it Sucky that was feeling a bit negative about the ending? Or is it, was it all here? I wasn't sort of emotional as well when Giorgio and, um, Giorgio and uh, Burnham said their goodbyes at the at the portal at the Guardian yeah. but when they half seen in the mess hall with yeah, the whole that's crew the bit I mean, yeah. Yeah. that was a bit cheesy over the top maybe I, I know what you and mean they are, yeah. they are celebrating somebody who as we've all said is a mass murderer <laughs> she's, a, she's a ruthless killer and God knows what she was yeah. actually doing in the three months that she was actually in the middle universe because even though she saved one Kelpian what else was happening within a regime? Everything else might still be carrying on as normal. People were being killed left, right, and centre under her under her rulership, and so she's not exactly she might not have changed her ways that much. Mm. No, she was also onto an impossible task as well. Uh, John, did you did you have something to add to that um, with your microphone on? I just think that um, I don't know what you're talking about with the microphone <laughs> stuff. Bob. Uh, I just think it uh, it wasn't justified. Uh, the the send off was uh, mawkish, really, because she was generally objectionably unpleasant to everybody, and and, and people like Detmer and uh, and Owo and that with their little toast to her as well. We didn't get any scenes where they really interacted at all, so it wasn't worth it for us as a viewer. And I think that. Uh, the emotional impact is lessened when that is the case, I think. I think you also have to look at it in like a balance with like goodbyes of other characters. Like I know like data nemesis is like notoriously like hard done by. But like it's it's like Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar's goodbye seemed to go on forever given that we'd barely met her. <laughs> <laughs> and she was she wasn't a loved character either, was she, Blast? No, no. But like this this felt a bit kinda like it just the the, the balance of the whole episode, possibly mm. because of the, the two parter, like just didn't feel quite right for me. Fair enough. But like like I said before like I said at the beginning, I kind of watched it as a film because I watched it right through on Netflix, both parts of it. <clears throat> and on Netflix it just skips basically right to the starting point of where it kicks off on the second episode so it was like a film and I thought if this was, if this was a film it'd be a really good sort of Star Trek film um, and that's why I yeah really I really enjoyed it and it went really fast and the episodes were about 50, like maybe 45 minutes so normal length but it, for me it went really fast both episodes went really fast because um, I checked the time to see if they were, were shorter but no they weren't it just was I was enjoying it that was all Cool. <laughs> I think you'll fall at we, a natural stopping point. We still don't know what Hassan is all about, do we? It's, I think so it's that's something a, that might turn up in Section 31. I think it's just a former lover, an ex-lover of hers that she has. Yeah, I know. She's but, dispatch. You've got no but explanation of what it was. You, you, you've got no evidence for that, Suki. No, I've got no evidence, but the way she was actually in them uh, scenes where the flashback scenes, it looked like oh. somebody she really cared about. Otherwise, she wouldn't yeah. be that upset. No, that's true. Uh, I mean, oh, hang on. What's that? Oh, it's black alert. That means we're going to go quick, 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 quick fire. Uh, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, John, give us your final uh, the, co the coalition. Um, hmm. 
Uh, and uh, when Giorgio is talking to Burnham, she says the orison of every parent, Michael. And I learned a new word today, and that was yeah. orison. orison. So nice. I went to look that up. What does it mean? Prayer. Ah. Uh, Tilly, as, as has been said, was very. Uh, she was like. She, she, I think she loved the uh, the tor- Tilly the torture kind of thing, and it was a quite nicely done. Um, Detmer, I don't think he's coming regarding Lorca. I, th- I thought of you, Andrew, at that point. I thought <laughs> she's, she's talking from the basement there. I think uh, the the basement. <laughs> uh, the Vaharai conversation was really nice with between Georgia and Saru uh, and Saru saying you're not Terran and all that sort of stuff Arium gets some lines mm. in this one yeah um, uh, did it happen? did all that happen or was it all in her mind? it definitely happened because yeah. yes. there was well, three months of data yeah. But what does that mean for the entire timeline? Is that all, that's all changed? Because that was pre-discovery timeline, wasn't it? Mm. So I, don't this, know. I think this it's diverged again. There's another divergent universe again because the Guardian yeah, does say you saved uh, Saru, and he went on to save others. Whatever, so yeah. therefore, that that universe well, continues. <clears throat> that's I mean that's what the, the the sort of plot is for the the city at the edge of forever is the fact that McCoy goes mental, goes back. Um, you know, and that lady dies or doesn't die or whatever. They've got to kill her. So, it's, so if they change time, um, and that's a physical thing, it alters obviously the history of the universe. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, sorry John. Go on with your comments, my friend. Uh, Kelpians are not graceful attackers. They s- stumble in on on their mm. hooves without hoofing. Like the least graceful person things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, the the, uh, the big donut appears. So, sucky, your idea about it being. Uh, a lack of funds. Yes. <laughs> that oh, yeah, the big... <laughs> so, uh, and then Tignataro comes in and does her usual, hey, look at me, I'm awesomely cool, fuck off. Um, I think there's some more on the book and the Emerald Chain stuff coming in as well. I think mm. that'd be quite interesting. And whether that device does have some lingering problem for discovery, we will find out. And sure enough, Sucky, Sucky um, wants to interject, I think, John, in your comment, know, final comments. Sucky, Sucky, shut up. I'm fucking reading my stuff. <laughs> right you carry now. on then, John. Go on, my darling. You, you carry on. I'm done. Ah, oh, there I'm we go. Really. No, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's more, but fuck it. It's not worth it. No, no, but, what I was going to say was uh, you're going on about the, the, uh, the Calpians not being good fighters. There's a scene where they come rushing in uh, with their, their their laser guns, and one of them seems to be using like a machine gun because he mm. seems to be like that. What making that noise as well while he's doing it? Well, I don't know if he's probably doing that in rehearsals. I am looking at, like I said, I don't know what's coming next week because I've not watched the trailer or anything like that, but I do hope they do get back to some Emerald Chain, and I think Book's going to play a big part of that because I really do like Book. I think he's a class character, and I do want to see more of him. Um, and that's sort of working on the edge of Starfleet. Um, so, John, is your tank officially empty? Uh, insofar as it's not a tank, but yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Lindsay, how about your tank? Let's get your tank empty. I know you like an empty tank, so let's get it emptied. Thanks. Um, so, Giorgio's cape is excellent. I really like Giorgio's cape. Uh, I'm just going to reiterate, because you can say it many times, Michelle, motherfucking yo, yo was excellent. <laughs> um 
if when they were doing the mirror titles, I kind of felt like they, yeah, it felt like a bit of a pre-production compromise, maybe like, oh, we should do a thing, but we don't really have any money or time to do a thing. What could we do quickly? Oh, we could just mirror the titles, and um, because they could have mirrored the music, there's all sorts of stuff they could have done that would have been it interesting. Was, it was done off budget by the uh, and by the graphic designers. They did it without being paid for doing it. So yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Um, so on the torturing device or on the um, what would you call it? The, the agonizer. The agonizer. There we go. The agonizer um, that Tilly is using. There's mm. a very clear sign at the top that says BRG1, which felt like it should mean something because these things usually do. Um, I had a quick Google, and it's a protein. <laughs> um, in a, it's a DNA protein, which does interesting things. But I don't know if that was intentional or whether there's another meaning or whether I'm just reading too much into nonsense, which is always possible. <laughs> um. The bread that Michael eventually eats is shaped like a cat. It has like little ears. Walk off. You see cats everywhere, you crazy no, cat lady. You love the cats. I, 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 thought, I, I don't want a cat. What is you thought the bread looked like a cat. Do you know I, saw it, I saw that piece of bread out of ears. I did see that. It Thank looked you. like nice bread. Did you know that there's sliced bread in the uh, Mirror Empire as well? I was just, do you know what? I was going to say that, John. I I thought, because this is a thing from ages ago, um, I bought this thing off JML or whatever it is, you know, that thing that they've got these amazing inventions, then they come and they're just not whatever. I got this slice that could slice anything, and uh, we and John were doing, we were just sort of sitting waiting for a gig, and I was like, it could do anything, man, it could do anything. I said, like, you said, like, what, like, potatoes like yeah of course you can he went like bricks i went yeah of course it probably he went he went bread i went why would you want to slice bread because he's already sliced uh, and that's what i thought of uh, at that okay. moment as i'm sure john did too or not maybe <laughs> um, like the brick food in general was quite interesting because it was quite like retro human earth food and i was like is that like is that like the equivalent of us serving grill which is like victorian and weird i don't know it was yeah. strange it was like notably like 20th century human though um I think the badge. Oh, sorry, Giorgio is not an idiot. Like at various points, you kind of see her going, "Really, really, really, Michael." Particularly on the rewatch, like I was like, "You are not buying this," mm. which is good. Uh, the badges were a nice touch. I quite like the way that they did that. Um, so like taking the badge and then throwing it down and then like emptying out the rest of them. Um, I thought that was quite exciting. Um, I like the fact that it was four women sitting around that table being in charge of this particular thing. I think that was exciting. Making one woman kill the other, nice as well. Yeah, why not? It turns woman out on woman action, lovely. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I know, but traditionally in the Mirror Universe, there seems to be a lot of sleeping with men and killing them and yeah, <laughs> manipulating them. Uh, whereas it turns out in this version or this particular iteration or period in the Mirror Universe, we don't really need them at all. It's great. Um, <laughs> so once grumpy today. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm really tired. Um, I love the fact that there has already been a conversation about uh, whether Doug Jones would be willing to do like Saru's hair salon and pampering service because we oh, think that was I so be... bad. Sorry, that was. I, you could tell he's there standing right behind uh, uh, Michelle Yao, <laughs> trying not to actually pull the wig off her head, probably whatever she's wearing. <laughs> well, right, I just slowly. Before, and I will say it again: prosthetic fingers like are just weird. Like they never look right. They're just weird. Give me the heebies. Yeah. Like I think the first time I said this was possibly when we watched the last time that they were rewatched. Uh, last time that they were in a mirror universe, and we got like, yeah, they're just weird. Like, ugh. They, anyway. they feel nice, no? Feel nice on your skin. Do uh, they? Uh, yeah. Latex. Okay. Latex fingers. Yeah. <clears throat> I will. I will take your word for that. 
Um, but I, I do feel like Doug Jones brushing her hair would be a thing that people would probably pay for. Um, <laughs> um, Iron Fist, there is the Iron Fist or Death, feels like a very kind of Stalinist kind of like mantra, uh, which makes sense because obviously the, the Marine Universe is kind of built as this uh, slightly crazy. Um, wasn't the Iron Fist Nazis? Possibly. I'm not I think sure. That's something to do with some um uh something to do with SS or something like that. Something to do with them nasty nasty people nasty bunch. Well there's there's lots of references to Iron Fist out there, but the um graphic novel character or the uh, superhero is kind of it takes over the world, so it's hard to dig down and get anything past that. Right. At least in the amount of time I was willing to expend on it. Um right, so Jojo <laughs> kills Michael. And it's all very traumatic. So she kills Michael by stabbing her through the belt that's presumably kind of vaguely supposed to not let that happen. Yeah. Um, and then immediately pulls the blade out of her jugular. That's, and that's not blade where your out. jugular is. I thought you were a medical person. Well, you're, well no, technically it's here. Right um, in the back of the neck. Right the in the back of the shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, but it can't have been her shoulder because she bled to death. Um, anyway, so she but she pulls the knife out. That was not a so, sensible. So part. you can't bleed to death unless somebody specifically cuts your jugular. Is that what we're saying? No, what I'm saying is she wouldn't have bled to death that quickly had her own. I'm hearing, wound I'm hearing words, but yeah. I'm not listening. Yeah, that's right. Shoulder. That's right, Doctor McGonagall. Um, <laughs> carry on. Are we, are we are we emptying this tank, Lynn? We are almost there. Um, <laughs> Saru is like super keen on this non-murder show. Like the the level of like affection that he displays when he's cradling her is slightly concerning. Um, the light did... fingers, are we? <laughs> um, <laughs> I did really enjoy the. She's she's coming through, or whatever it is that uh, that that's being said. Um, and the guy's like, well, that's what you do with the door as you you go through. Like, yeah. Um, I really, yeah, we're going to highlight again, like, the voice choice with the, the Guardian of Forever was really good. Mm. And well done to Ben and various other people who did, in fact, identify yes. that that's what's going on. Definitely. I was very impressed with you all. Um, I loved the little scene with Reno and Stamets and Jira. I thought it was fun. Um, and I also enjoyed, like, the, the back and forth book being like, I read the manual, and they're like, that's not in the manual. And then he's like, but you're not allowed to eat in here, which clearly is in the manual. Um, like that. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I think George Orwell's growth is good, but the goodbyes are a bit long. Fair enough. The bit I'm... that annoyed me about Tigna Taro turning up and everybody saying you can't eat food in here is that you're not allowed to eat food in here, so why the fuck is she doing that? It's just objectionable behaviour. Yes, because she's a rebel. Probably unsafe. Yeah. Probably unsafe. That's the reason you can't eat in there. Especially, lic- especially licorice. Shit. Fucking sticky as fucking it. It's nigh on superglue. This is everything with like duct tape, though. So, you know. Well, duct tape is literally what fixes everything. So, uh, tank emptied. Andrea. Um, as a sort of designated safeguarding lead in real life, I think I need to point out, however huggy, touchy, feely and lovely the new guys of Giorgio is, that is some pretty extreme parenting still. Um, there's tough love and then there's yes. going there and have <laughs> Sabrin pain for, for several days at a time. Um, so she wasn't that fluffy and lovely. Um, Death in the mirror timeline seems to come in. People seem to get cold because um, you look around and you think the survival rate's quite high, 
but then people disappear quite quickly. Um, so it, it must just come in waves. People must just be called like at, at various points. Um, what a fancy warming up by kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh, cool! Thanks for cold. I'm nippy. I'm gonna kill someone. Kill yeah, if I use context. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, I think that it's interesting. I, I sometimes feel it in these kind of mirror scenes. For a lot of the bridge crew, we've probably seen more of them and seen them doing yes. more in yeah. the mirror universe than we have it it's sort of in the the regular timeline, yeah. um, which seems a bit wasteful. Um, I think the mirror jaunt made me care a lot less about the burn. Um, Starfleet seemed less sinister, um, but is that being done intentionally to kind of lull us into a, That's a false thought, sense yeah. of security? Um, because I think if the big bad is this emerald chain, um, they seem a bit crap. I don't think we see enough of their shenanigans to, to give enough of a shit about them to be like, oh, here come the big buddies. Um, so either we need to see them doing a lot more that makes us hate them, or I think there's something else to come. Um, just in terms of, I, I put, did it happen, does it matter? Um, there's obviously these three months of, of data generated. Um, so it was real in the sense that she lived it, I think, is, is as much as we can certainly say. Um, and I think we'll have to wait and see whether or not the, the timeline has changed. Um, but I think that's my, that's me out. Cool. Well, I, I just want to uh, finish. My, I want my last comment to basically settle an argument, um, which I think was with myself. Uh, Jeanette Tor, aka Jimmy, we Jimmy Cranky, is actually four foot five. The official height of a, of a dwarf slash midget is under four foot ten. So she is a dwarf midget. Um, anyway, I'm getting a bit cold in space, so uh, let's go a bit down and suck well, that makes the red shirt fucking thing easy, doesn't it? <laughs> well, no, it's a fact. You were saying it's not like, a fact. You've yeah, made... no, you were arguing Stop me. Stop dehumanizing people. I am not Stop dehumanizing, dehumanizing wow. anyone. I'm just telling you the height, You're what it is. Objectifying and dehumanizing. I'm not. It's a fact. It's a fact. People like facts. Anyway, we're being done. He's out to chill out on his couch and get warm by his fire. <laughs> Hello there, it's Sochi here from Wolverhampton. Yeah, I do the podcast and that, don't I? I'm getting on a bit of age, so I'm going to have a sit down by my open fire. I tell you what, there's now that warms the bones right through. Place of open fire. So I invite you all now to beam down with me to my open fire. Get your bones warmed right through. I'll tell you some tales, and you can you can sucky on this. Oh, sucky! It's lovely, lovely and warm yet again in here. Uh, I am all right for beverages or food today because I am driving. Uh, so, can you finish this with your final comments, please, my friend? So you're not having anything mm. again this week. Nope. Even though you was found rummaging around in my bins <laughs> last week. Yeah, with cat poison, apparently. Killed, nearly well, killed me. We, that was a pure coincidental accident, you know. Uh, we didn't realise you were going to start eating well, out of I that. Had, I had to have a full evacuation, Sucky. That's all I'm saying to cure myself. Um, yeah, you had to have it in my front garden as well. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> that, so. was, that was the cats. <laughs> really? Carry on. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've already mentioned uh, Culver's Black Eyeliner, which I really love. Uh, the, the story of Michael, uh, could, uh, as she was growing up, could only be soothed when um, 
go, go back to sleep by using fireflies. And that was the whole thing that set her back on this spousal redemption to uh, to um, Philippa's uh, side, uh, was uh, those fireflies being brought in. And then she volunteers to kill all the conspiracies. And then, so you had this little scene with her and Detmer chasing down Landry, killing her, but then uh, didn't bother doing anything, didn't bother doing any of the others. Mm. So they must have only had uh, enough money just to do the one set piece. They do uh, like to kill Landry, don't they? How many times love, she love, dies? Yeah, love killing Landry. Bless her. <laughs> so uh, they, they, they did that. Uh, and then uh, the scenes where she's just throwing the badges and then turning around and... Uh, Philippa tells basically Michael to kill Detmer, and she does just without blinking an eyelid, I don't think. And she just dispatches her there and then. Um, I've also mentioned the, the insipid brushing of Philippa's hair by Sarah. It's just there flipping. Oh, it's just terrible. Terrible. Um, the fact that Saru realizes that Philippa is not Tehran and she's not quite um, proper unit. Uh, they... Tehran. Yeah, Tehran. 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 Terrence. He is Terrence. Uh, no, he doesn't think she's that. Yeah. She's changed so much. Oh, right. I see what you mean. Sorry, Sookie. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, he, he's realised all this. and But the fact that she still has enough confidence in him or because of her time where she spent with Captain Saru that she can trust him with her uh, secrets and get her, him to uh, help her out. I think that was a great little relationship starting there. Mm. And that's, that also helps when she gets killed at the end, and you see how sad bereft he is when he, he just walks up bereft. That's a word that you use. Well, he's, 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 he's back on the menu, that's why. With, with <laughs> oh. gone, he's back on the menu. Well, no, no, not... because he doesn't have ganglia anymore. Yeah, but they're still oh, eating, yeah. don't they? They can eat oh, whatever, can the hooves and that. Hi, Cleffa, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so is lobster. Has it yeah. ever stopped me? Has it fucked? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that, that that little relationship they sort they sort of formed uh, was great, absolutely brilliant in that uh, uh, that mirror universe. So I like the fact that they, you know, how we, nobody seemed to recognise Nielsen with their dark hair, and uh, they actually pointed it out this week. Said Commander Nielsen, yeah, yeah, did it, yeah, time plate, and then they have a little shot of her, so you knew who she was this time round. Um, the the trust. Between um, Sir, uh, between Michael and Georgia, she seems to be trusting Michael a lot, but then all of a sudden she turns out I never did trust you at all, right? So why didn't she never trust her after, even though she was going around killing all of her car conspirators, including Detmer in front of her? I just didn't well, understand. I think, I think the Terran universe is just full of everyone trying to stab, literally stab each other in the back. Uh, and I don't know how they'd last five minutes re- in reality they'd run out of people I know yeah everyone would be dead um, it's, a, it's a very stressful work environment I think um, carry on Suki uh, I like the scene the transition between Philippa actually dying in Saru's arms in the mirror universe and then waking up in Michael's arms hmm. in our universe and I thought that was a great little uh, interaction cool. there and that the fact that she was uh, three months worth of biodata Right, in less than a minute, I just thought that was just an inner light, like Picard just living all his life when, uh, in that uh, few seconds that he was unconscious. Go on, Andrea. I was just going to say, is the worst job in the Star Trek universe, like working in human resources? I was, gonna, I was literally going to say HR in Terry Universe. Is, uh, is that not like the worst? That, that's the job nobody <laughs> yeah. wants? Like, oh, uh, would you want to sort that shit out? 
That was that, that was on my mind as well. Yeah, HR, HR in the mirror universe. Oh my god. Um, Sucky, have you got much left? Uh, I like the fact that uh, Tiggs to got Tiggs Tara called uh, Stamets a hormonal teenager, and uh, he just he didn't come back with a. Riposte and just basically walked off. <laughs> says I'm not doing anything. Basically, um, I like the fact that uh, I do think that the mirror universe still exists, and that it's sort of diverged again from whatever was happening because uh, Philippa went back into the past and changed it. Yeah. So there's another divergent universe from whatever that was because the, the Guardian does say Saru saves more Kelpians. He wouldn't have said that if that was the dead dead end. It'd just True. be. It just carry that universe did carry on. Mm. Maybe something else happens where that middle universe, if it does diverge back, mm. right? Those versions of um, Kelpins will come back and help whatever whatever is happening. Um, and I think that is it. Oh, I don't tr- Admiral Vance. I'm not sure what his motivation seems to be. One minute he's praising Saru, and the next he's not trusting him. He's just—he's just seemed to be a weird character at the moment, and I'm just not—not not sure what his motivations are. I, so get, I get what you mean, um, but I think it's—I've sort of warmed to him <clears throat> in the hope that he is—he does mean well, and I think it's just a caution thing. Um, because they've come from, you know, whatever nine years in the past, and the Federation is a completely different p- place. So he has these little. He lets he lets out little moments of being nice, but the rest of it's you know belt and braces. I don't know, um, you know, but I, I have warmed to the uh, to the admiral, Lindsay. I think like there is a long history of admirals. Like Badmiral. we love a admiral on Star yes. Trek. Like I, I kind of feel like whether they're just playing on that and making us doubt ourselves, or I I suspect that the Andrea's right in that the Emerald Chain are kind of there. To like conspicuously be the bad guys, and what we're gonna find is that something has happened, possibly to do with the Kelpian ship and Starfleet, that has resulted in in the uh, what's it called? Come on, Lynn, you can do it. The Come burn, on. the burn, the burn. <laughs> that has yeah, that has resulted in the burn. Um, so I suspect either they're just playing us, or he is in fact not all he appears well, to be. And I still think we'll that the Section out. Thirty One guy is the Section Thirty One guy. <clears throat> Well, we'll find out. Sucky, is that you? Your spores drive empty. If you spore the only other thing, the only other thing is uh, when Philippa steps through the uh, the portal, it's uh, the Vulcan salute from Michael and the Terran salute from uh, yeah. Philippa from there as well, they both walk off. So not well, the Terran salute. Terran, yeah. Terran, Terran salute. Terran, 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 Terran. Potato, potato. Don't make me so about the way I speak. sneakers. Um, anyway, it's time to put some lights on this. How many lights you see? I asked how many lights you see. Lights out of five on this budget. Sucky, I'm going to come to you first. Can I have your lights, please? See, I enjoyed the mirror, mirror universe part of this section, then the rest mm. of it was a bit bleh. So, and if it had just been the mirror universe, it would have been a solid four and a half, four, yeah. four and a half out of ten. So, but with that, the added bits, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go 3.75. Jesus Christ. And now, this is why I did it. Yeah, to annoy me. Thank you. Um, yes. it, did, it did annoy me, by the way. But yeah, thank you for it. Just meant I had to type one extra number. Um, <laughs> Andrea, what's your lights? The the <laughs> yeah. What's your lights, please? 
I'm about to annoy you even more because that's the exact same score I've written down. Um, I have to deduct points for the, um, the lack of an appearance of Lorca. Yeah. Um, and I'm a deducting just a little bit more, I think, just for that, like, it, it felt a little bit bloated and dragged out at the end. So so that's where I've settled. Well, to be fair, Andrew, you're forgiven because it was copied and pasted sucky, so it was literally one, one flick of a switch. Uh, Lindsay, give me your lights. Uh, I am going to go for a 3.5, I think. Cool. Bits of it were really good, but I think the pacing pacing wasn't right for me. Fair just enough. 0.25, just to annoy Bob. It's just because I copy and paste now, so it's fine. Well, do, I don't 0. Care. 0.25 less. <coughs> that way, I'll copy and paste. Or just give <laughs> give the score that you want, Lindsay, which is 3.5. Uh, John Boy, what's your score, please? Well, my score is going to be pi, so it's 3.14, 15927. You're a clever clever cock, aren't you? Um, If it is that seriously, I'm not typing it. I'm just going to put three. Well, it's pie. You can look it up. Fucking up. I believe. I believe. I believe you. I believe. I've heard of it. Um, Well done. Well done for hearing of pie. (laughs) Fucking hell. I've heard of pies. Um, It's a doctor. Yeah. What's your real score? Three point one four one five ninety seven. Fuck's sake. I'm going to put three point one four then. Is that what you're going to put? That's just ridiculous. Speed is. Go round up if you want. You're all being silly this week. I'm going to do four. I'm going to go four. Because I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it as much as last week, and it felt a film, and I gave it four last week. So, uh, so yeah. You have uh, the advantage of being able to see like how consistent your scoring is. I think sometimes I just make no, it up no, as I go along. I'm, I'm re- no, I'm not. I, I genuinely, I, th- I was probably, I was going to score it high, but after talking to you guys, I've not probably a point five off uh, because I think overall the two parts I really, really enjoyed. Uh, like I said before, as a kind of film. Uh, anyway, enough of what we think. Let's find out what you think. It's listeners' feedback. <laughs> You've heard what we think. Well, let's find out what you think in listeners' feedback. I'm going to come to you first, John Boy. Jack McMorrow says, Season 3 of Discovery continues to knock it out of the park in almost every episode so far, and I'm happy to say that it's fairly the case with Terra Firma Part 2. As she is central character, it does live or die on your love of Michelle motherfucking Yeo's magnificent <laughs> Ember Giorgio. While by no means making up for the lack of grudge or Lorca, he's in a basement, not the mirror universe, duh. Well, everyone around us gave us delightful harmony performances. Performances. She took what I would argue is the most complicated Giorgio so far, a mirror universe empress ripped from both her home and her new timeline, then suddenly thrust back into her former life, but forever changed by her brief stint into the prime timeline, and just made the role her own. I come to eventually embrace each new double, uh, 007 actor, but if anyone even touches Michelle, motherfucking yo, it's war. Fun fact, she co-starred in the 18th official James Bond film, Tomorrow Never Dies, in 1997. Oh, yeah. And while it never really came to fruition, a spin-off starring her was heavily rumoured at the time. The Guardian of Forever retaining its voice from City on the Edge of Forever, and the Mirror opening credits just add nuggets to keep my fellow lifelong Trekkies happily engaged. No gag meant. A good four out of five seller Sir Patrick Stewart's, with a firm recommendation that it be pushed to 4.5 out of five sellers Sir Patrick Stewart's when watching immediately following <laughs> the first part. Oh, and happy holidays to everyone listening. 
and making this podcast for helping make 2020 more bearable oh, and not a complete catastrophe. Thank you very much, Jack. Thanks a lot, oh, Jack. Merry Christmas Jack. and the year. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy holidays to you as well, my friend. Just just someone else that Jack mm. mentioned there. You know how like you watch your, the two episodes together? Yeah. Jack seems to have done the same. He seems to have enjoyed it a lot better. Yeah. Like maybe if they watch them uh, sort of like weekly thing uh, as mm. a, a one one feature length movie it's probably a lot more enjoyable yeah it was cool uh andrea so we've got joshua diabol who says so it was the guardian of forever you were right Lindsay." um <laughs> it wasn't me i will happily have that over. <laughs> um i eat my words from last week the newspaper was a big clue didn't spot that did you spot the other newspaper headline starship uss jenelin missing the gentleman went missing around 2294 and turned up crashed on a Dyson Sphere 75 years later in the TNG season six story relics. Scotty turned up as the only survivor. Part twos are often never as good as the first part, but I enjoyed this all the same. It's probably best to treat it as one long episode, four, and a half, four out of five lights. Sadly, no locker, but I guess he's on the discovery in the prime universe whilst these events happened. Back to the season arc story next week, hopefully, to fi- eventually find out what caused mm. the mysterious burn. Indeed. Thanks very much, Josh. I've got Alan Neville. Uh, Love the tie into the original series Guardian uh, Forever. Uh, Sucky. We've got Dan Hadley. Sadly, a huge letdown after the first part. I'd really been anticipating where this could go after what I thought had been a return to the early appeal of the show last week. Absolutely awful performances. Martin Green, who I do think is generally a good lead for this show, simply cannot play the military. She hasn't the range. So place that right opposite Michelle Yeoh's increasingly bizarre performance and it's impossible to connect with anybody whatsoever. Doesn't help when the dialogue dialogue is so terrible. Uh, The show needs a decent showrunner to come in and have the courage to cut the abundance of Deadwood or just forget the whole thing after two agonising seasons and do something else entirely. Dan's not enjoying it, bless you. Bless you, Dan. Uh, Lindsay? So I have uh, Gary Russell. Um, As you know, I gave up on Disco a couple of episodes ago, and judging by the reviews of this episode, it was a wise decision. Still, listening to the podcast, though, Merry Christmas to you all, and Merry Christmas (laughs) to you too, Gary. And I think what you'll find is that there is a variety of opinions expressed about all of the episodes. Yeah, but it's cool. You know, if he doesn't want to watch it, like, he doesn't have to, so... Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. But bless you, Gary. Just listen to our podcast. Yeah, but bless you, Gary, for listening, yeah. Um, more exciting than Star Trek. <laughs> no, thanks a lot, Gary. A Merry Christmas to you and yours, my friend. Uh, John? Jep's Deep Dive says proper gutted Jojo is gone, but we know she will pop on for future spin off series. She was a bit of a she was a bit of bad in an all happy clean musical crew. Now we have to contend with everyone so happy and work around Grumpy Michael. Little taken aback, no locker. Bet others are too. Back on the ship, Book has a clever crystal thing that just so happens to solve the issues that have been pissing the deer off the last few episodes. The burn search felt it had been left to one side until the last part now. It will be all pushed to resolve in the next three episodes. All in all, a good episode, nice retro sound of the Guardian's voice as well. Four out of five stars. Nice one, cheers, Sheps. Head over to Sheps' uh, Deep Dive podcast as well. Well, you hear uh, such delightful voices as me and John, um, and Sucky's been on there as well. Uh, over to you, Andrea. 
So we've got Davy Paul on Twitter who says, Missing Giorgio for the time being. I still think the sentimentality is overblown when a character dies or moves on, as we never seem to know who they are. I love the appearance of a significant character from TOS. Very well done in reference to Enterprise plot. Four Kelpians out of five. Uh, Davy Paul. I've got Tom Taylor. Uh, hi, Tom. Uh, strong episode with a good performance from Michelle Yeoh, uh, an actor I don't normally rate. I, I said the same, really. Uh, I've enjoyed watching her character develop, and it was sad to see her disappointment in the mirror in the mirror. Michael's refusal to evolve. I'm a sucker for any continuity references to the original Trek. So loved all the Guardian of Forever business. Uh, if they're gonna keep coming uh, back to the mirror universe, they're missing a trick by not bringing back Lorca. I think certainly to most podcasts will agree with you there Tom uh, the central plot uh, MacGuffin what caused the burn continues to leave me cold I hope it, be- it becomes a bit more interesting eventually uh, but time is running out all in all a fun two-parter uh, that ended up being quite a, a poignant exit for a character I generally not cared for uh, four lights out of five I'm totally agreeing with you there Tom totally uh, over to you Suki uh, I think these might be in the wrong order, but hopefully this should be the right one. Mm. Uh, so we've got Blue Cat, um, and they put, Yo did a terrible, Yo did a terrific job this week. Her range as an actor is greater than many believe. I love the callback to Vic Morrow as the Guardian. I was right, woohoo. Again, the mirror universe seems untenable. As we saw, half the people in episode one were dead by the end of episode two. I didn't like Kitty's giant beehive wig like to form a do better but consider that another tribute to TOS where giant hair for women was the rule for the day <laughs> furious and furious about repeated mentions of Lorca and still low Lorca WTF the Emperor has a touching goodbye with Michael and goes forth to a new life in another series will it be section 31 or part of strange new worlds in another year we shall see and they seem to be closing in on the mysterious music signal from the insert name Nebula. Uh, three, uh, uh, so I shall bellow my lights out of five. 3.5 out of five stars because I can barely remember the second plot one. I guess the Emperor and insert so many titles here deserved a big send off. But for FFS, yes, no Lorca. What the fudge? <laughs> very frustrated. It was uh, it was Blue Cat. Thank you very much, John. Over to you, my friend. Lockdown librarian says partner and I have had much discussion about how Giorgio's story might play out, and this episode ticked all the boxes. Mira Burnham could never be the daughter she wanted, but Prime Burnham Burnham already was. Just in case anyone wasn't sure if Georgia has really been affected by her time with Discovery, watching her try to make some version of the Mirror Universe better should clear up those questions. They wrapped up her time in the future with a clever device sending her back to her Section 31 show, and I call this a satisfying conclusion. For her run on Discovery, I loved the bit in the science lab with Space Dad Stamets and our <laughs> lesbian Aunt Reno, the perfect bit of levity in an otherwise emotionally heavy episode. Absence of Lorca knocks off half a point for me. Oh, 4.5 out of 5 liquid accessories. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you. Andrea. So we've got Marcus Squire. Well, that was one of Discovery's better episodes. Pros, they didn't overly wreck on Philippa. Her attempt to change the Empire failed. Kudos to the writers for keeping it real. 
The saving of the Kelpians and the Philippa slash Saru interaction was the highlight. So the cons, we've got the toast to a genocidal tyrant at the end was not earned. Guardian was cheap fan service, poorly done. Torturing someone to show them there is a better way, really. Burnham, still the best thing ever according to Philippa, with hints she'll get the captain's chair, at which point I'll puke to death. We've now... We now get a character in Philippa who was a bad person who has seen a better way. The writing has never been strong enough um, to make this convincing, but this episode went a long way to resolving that with her attitude to the Kelpians. Four lights out of five, more good than bad. Lovely, thanks, Mark. And Sucky, will you finish us off, please? Oh, you wanted a dip? Yeah, please. Oh, okay, we've got Deb, our lovely Deb, and we've got Where Was Lorca? Gutted. Still like the episode, which was clearly written with great love for the past mm-hmm. Trek universe. Even the Guardians paper had little references to old Trek episodes. Love that Locus Cowd's name, cow name was Vicar, just because I knew what Andrea's reaction would be. Apparently, this is not just the fault to fulfil Andrea's priest lust, but Vicar priest also means substitutes. Who knew? It was a very exciting episode, more so if you were anticipating Locus' return. It was touching to see how Giorgio uh, reacted to, uh, to the Saru-looking Kelpian and the change in Giorgio from when we first met her. Yes, she has mellowed, but I'm sure that locking your daughter in an agony chamber for days isn't a recognised method of behaviour modification that social services promote. Um, so Giorgio passed the test despite this, uh, and despite ordering Burnham to kill all the traitors, uh, apparently, her newfound compassion only relates to adopted daughters and Kelpians. <laughs> and why all the soppy tales to Giorgio at the end? She hasn't changed that much. It seems I have not and never will forgive Giorgio for killing Norca and also Burnham grabbing her and not our poor, misunderstood, leather clad captain. It was a great episode, but I have to deduct marks for the lack of Norca. Oh. Or ganglia out of five. Cheers, Deb. Brilliant. And thank you very much, everyone, uh, for sending us your feedback. Keep it coming uh, and keep on listening. Anyway, it's time to vote for this week's Red Shirt. I woke up this morning, put on my red shirt. Oh, red shirt time. It's time to vote for who we think has uh, basically been. Um, you, Bob. Well, it's you. Well, we'll find out what we're John. We get no, the votes see you, in. Bob. It's going to be you. Uh, we we'll find out how, how they're going to die. Lindsay, who's your red shirt, please? Well, I refuse to vote for Bob because Bob, I think, likes being red shirt. Any you're... excuse to vote Pres- for me? <laughs> no, who said I was going to vote for you? I just yeah. go on then. Tell me you're not. I might not be. <laughs> Changes the mind right there. Oh, no, no, the principle is that I refuse to vote for Bob because Bob tries to be a red shirt and therefore I feel like we should reward his attention-seeking behaviour by making him red Unbe-fucking-leaverable. That's the worst logic ever. Oh, that's brilliant logic, no, Lindsay. Brilliant. It's the perfect logic. Um, so I am going to vote for Luke for backing up Suki, John when he yeah. was being unreasonable yeah. and not buying into my vision of a localised Kelpian uprising of two Kelpians. Suki, I'll come to you. How? Are you, what's your response to that? Well, I don't know what to Who's say. Who's your she did, uh, she did say, didn't say, she did not say localised. She just says Kelpian uprising. Yeah. So therefore, you expect hundreds of thousands of Kelpians, maybe. Yeah. Right. So therefore, but well, no, I'm not going to vote for Linz. I'm going to vote for Andrea because she's got two <laughs> weeks off now, bro, and I've only got two days. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's just not fair. Oh. I'm just thinking, no. 
That's the whole reason. Wow. I'm just not fair. She's got two weeks, and I've got two two days. And she looks she looks really happy about that as well, <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't give a fuck. I think about the red shirt nomination. <laughs> uh, so that's one for you, Sucky. One for Andrea. Uh, John, who are you voting for? I'm voting for you, Bob, for Dwarf Gate, which apparently is not important to everybody these days. It's not. It's not a gate because it's just a fact. I, I'm not here to. Don't, don't, don't stand behind your idea. Okay, I'm not okay. no, I've had. I, I, I can't. I cannot <laughs> sit here and be like magnanimous about this. Um, if they, if the person involved does not describe themselves using a piece of terminology, then I think we should probably not use that piece of terminology. And as far as I can tell, this, this is not a subject I know a great amount about. Um, Jeanette Tuff. Uh, who played Jimmy Cranky? Yeah, we just not ever use the term midget or dwarf yeah. in describing herself. She just talks about her reduced height or being particularly short. So therefore, let's just go with that, shall we? Well, I'm saying officially, according to the rules, she is. Um, so, John, I'm your red shirt. That's cool. That's one for me. One for Suki. One for Andrea. Uh, is that? Is that did it just mean enough to vote? Is that? Who else? Is no, it? you've got a vote before Andrea. Yeah, I thought I did. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for myself. Can you vote for yourself? No, no. Um, Sorry, not. Uh, in that case, I vote for John then for being a clever cock uh, on occasion throughout that with that pie. I thing. thought facts were important to you, no, Bob. And not, all of a sudden, yeah, but the, as soon as facts yeah. are brought out, I get picked. Yeah, but my, mine are mine are low level facts. Yours are too high brow, like with that pie thing. You know, you you were just taking the piss out of my intelligence because you know that I'm Do not you know that what? clever. That's the sort of response that Trump would give, so well done, Trump. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that's, is it one for John, one for Sucky, one for Andrea? We're about there, aren't we, yeah? Yeah, that's, one that's right. One for you, Bob. Uh, one for me. Uh, yeah, so Andrea has got the deciding factor, and we know that you're renowned for going for me. So so go on, Andrea, here's your red shirt. I've got to be honest, this week I was going to nominate Jason Isaacs as the red shirt because <laughs> I feel like he's spent, a, a, there's a significant um, portion of my life where I've gotten overexcited and he's not really followed up with like an appearance. Um, so I, I think it's really time that like I should take a stand against that. But we all know I'm weak. Um, and I'm going to vote for, I'm not going to vote for Bob because I think he wants it too much. Um, <laughs> Thank but you. That's his strategy. That's what he's uh, trying to stop you from voting for him by yes. being a cock about things. No, um, because he, he purposely goes well, out of his way for it. Yeah, but you're, you're, just, you're just affirming his fucking strategy here by doing this. No, so you're change affirming your mind. Change I am. Mind. I, no, you can't. No, he's saying it's done. I actually got written down here that I was going to vote for Bob. Right, and the, the way he put it right at the beginning, in fact, all of you said it, I think, that we're all going to vote for Bob. And I thought, no, I ain't going to vote for Bob. So I changed my mind. Yeah. Thank you. Right? Now, oh. I should, thinking about it, I maybe I should have stuck to my original decision. No, no you shouldn't. And you not said just it. gone. Andrea's too weak. Yeah, no, you said it. It's, it's tough. Right, so it's holiday. tough. Once it's said, it's said and done. Go on, Andrea. So I was going to vote for Sucky in, like, an act <laughs> of, like, sort of Turin revenge. But... <laughs> I'm gonna vote for John because oh. I feel like he's trying to like steer us into red shirt and Bob, oh. and I think it's just played into Bob's hands. Do you, do you <laughs> not fucking think the dwarf stuff was fucking worth it? Is it? Honestly, you know, you is people help in these areas, so like it's just—it's not right. working. So I think we should just ignore it, and then it might go away. What me? That's not how you fix problems, Andrea. That's how you sweep them <laughs> under the carpet. No, it's how, you, it's how you address poorly behaving children, though, isn't it? 
not responding to the bad behaviour. I'm 41. Tactically, no is a thing. Is that the way? Yeah. Don't punish the bad behaviour. Just let it go. Yeah. That's how you get maniacal dictators like Trump and Bob. <laughs> wow, that is amazing comparison. Okay, I, I, Thanks, I think John. If we look at the number of times we've made Bob redshirt, I think <laughs> the, the idea that making him redshirt is somehow going to make him less tyrannical. Oh, wow. He's already disproven. It's all coming out tonight, isn't it? Well, anyway, so John. Punish me. John. Punish me for opinions. For. Yeah, exactly. You come on a podcast. <laughs> you come on a review podcast with opinions. What are you doing that for, John? Um, how are we going to kill him? Come on, get any ideas? Give me an idea. Just in the jowls. <laughs> in the jowls? Jowl him? If you don't answer him within two seconds, it automatically gets switched to Bob being the extra. <laughs> That's 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 really. no, I think we should lock Bob and you in an agonizer booth together. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think, no, in fact, actually, I'm going to put John in the booth and uh, Bob in control of the booth. <laughs> and you're just stuck there for eternity. Yeah. How does somebody who says that about fucking the crankies suddenly get power to kill? <laughs> How does that work? Where's the logic there? The crankies back in the day, they had a really, really bad TV show. They did really. They had some really dodgy sketches. I think we should just put John into some of their dodgy sketches and see if he can act his way out of it. I, f- I feel like there's such a strength of feeling. I think there should be a Turin-style fight to the death now for supremacy yeah. between John and Bob. I- I'm thinking more of a spit roast by the Chuckle Brothers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to death. Anyway, let's get out. Let's get to out. Me, to you. <laughs> to me, to you. To you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking yes. Sorry. Sorry. We are. We are. Uh, I, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm more mature than that. Uh, anyway, let's move on. You're not, Bob. You really don't. <laughs> really not. And I've got no excuse about being drunk either. Oh well. Um, right. Cool. Um, we've come, we've come to the end of the journey. The end Bunch of the show. Bastards. <laughs> come to the end of the journey. The end of the show. John seems quite upset by everything, which is always great news. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you uh, for joining me, guys. As always, it's been a, a, an interesting pleasure. Um, I just want to have a quick chat about theories. Um, for that, we've only got four episodes left uh, in this. Oh, three. No, four. Is, th- it? is it four? It's fourteen, I think. Fourteen episodes, is it? Yeah, pretty oh, sure. I think it's three left. Is it three? Everybody's talking about three episodes left. Well, yeah, well uh, I, I am sorry. Uh, I must have. Not, I've obviously got that wrong. So there's three left. That is not a lot left. Uh, what? What are you? What are you thinking, Andrea? You? I'll come for you just for a brief theory. What you think is going to happen after this now? I think Starfleet is still going to be the big bad. Yeah, really do. I think the kind of t- I just I don't think this emerald chain uh, uh, have been made to look interesting enough to be there. And I think if the series does hinge on them, I think I'll be disappointed. Yeah, no, I think I, I would agree with you on that. Sucky theories, you've got any? Briefly, I haven't got really got much theories. I'm just looking for uh, looking forward to the return of Osira, played by Janet Kidder. Mm. Uh, I'm just because I've just seen her in Operation Christmas Drop, which is one of these Christmas films on uh, Netflix, and uh, she was absolutely beautiful on there. And she's in this green makeup on the on uh, on Discovery, which I think is just a waste. You like him green? You like him green, don't you? It's okay. So you just no, want to see? You want to see? Not a... Janet Kidder in the green makeup. I just says I didn't like her in the green. Makeup. Oh, sorry, I thought you. I've just seen her in... properly. It's because you're from down south. Um, Lindsay? Yeah, you guys you all like it. Any theories? <laughs> I can't even. I can't even begin. Have you, have you um, given up? <laughs> no, no, no. My, my, my biggest theory is that I am now, after we got the reaffirmation that uh, 
Michael should be captain. I, yeah, I think something to do with the Kelpians. Uh, it's going to result in Saru not being captain, and Michael will be captain. I think Michael will be captain of Discovery before the end of the season. Uh, again, that would disappoint me, just like it would be the Federation, be the big bad. John? Yeah, all right. It disappoint me if that happens, since she's mm. already been demoted already once this season. It seems a bit weird. But Tilly uh, example would show that they're quite happy to promote anybody at any point, <laughs> just on a whim. Uh, well, it's a bit worrying that we've got three episodes left and we, we pretty much nobody has any real concrete ideas of what the burn's about. Mm. Or what th- I mean, it looks... I mean, I, I hope it's not true, but I think Andrew is right in that they, make, they might make the Federation the big bad and Vance turns out to be some sort of master manipulative bastard or whatever. Mm. But it's just three episodes left. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like we're at that last part of an arc, really. It feels a little bit like we're we're kind of being a little bit more episodic this time, and, and the result is that we've got a finale that doesn't really feel much like a finale, unless I'm they do a big. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say that I'm pretty sure that like if you take us three episodes back from the end of last season, it felt like there were a lot of things we didn't know either. Um. Like, we knew more about the Red Angel, but it still felt very much kind of like, how are they possibly going to wrap this up in three episodes? But but we had this Red Angel thread all the way through that season. We've not had anything like that. It's just been mentioned, isn't it? Mentioned. A bit disjointed. Yeah. Yeah. A bit disjointed. I'm taking hope from the fact that, like, is it like a a sort of Russell T. Davis Doctor Who arc in the sense that there's little little drips of it all the way Mm. through, but there's nothing really until you watch it back once you know yeah. you, you probably wouldn't even notice what's important and what isn't so I'm hoping it's just going to come together in like a Massive, like yeah. a bad wolf kind yeah, of I know exactly right. yeah. that'd, be, that'd be cool um, and maybe we're just misinterpreting what the arc is I think that's the other question like maybe yeah. the arc is actually Michael's growth um, and the burn and everything else is slightly incidental well we'll find well, out what we in the coming weeks it also could be that they're not actually sh- doing much with the arc until next season and maybe just as as people are saying just putting little snippets in all the way through and then have a small little thing at the end of the mm. season which is and that's which sets up season four it'd be four. nice to have a, a like the cutest of bog level a cliffhanger at the end of oh, the season like these so like make a little bit more interest as you said didn't in the old tngs and and, and mm. all them that was to be fair cool. they left us like having jumped into the 32nd century yeah, but it was not in the middle of a story, whereas like that wasn't that wasn't a cliffhanger so much as a it's a start of ah. a new page and, and that's kind and of. It, I mean, it so. was the, when the Enterprise appeared at the end of um, the first season. That was quite a <gasps> kind of thing. Um, I think my theory is just basically if I don't see through fucking hoof someone, I'm going to be fuming. Uh, and on that note, until next time. I would time, just like to apologise to like the entire podcasting world for the fact that I suggested Saru needed to hoof people in the chest back in episode like two. <laughs> Because that's all we've now heard about for like. What? Hoofing? It's a, it's a thing. Anyway, until next time, live long and prosper. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.